Welcome back to the Outsiders Podcast. I am your host. Let's get it. <laughs> Tyler France, and I'm with my boy and co-host, Neil Sandlin. What's happening, man? Man. We got a lot. We got a lot. We have a lot. You know, we took a, a break for the holidays. Yes. And then it ended up, it ended up a break for uh, January, too. Yeah. Um, for a bunch of reasons. Oh, yeah. Uh, diet, you know, all the... All mm-hmm. the Sickness, COVID stuff going yeah, around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I coach basketball, my son's basketball team, and mm-hmm. so I'm running around all over the place with that. And uh, but I'm happy to be sitting at this table once again, behind yes, these mics once again, getting into episode 20. Man, excited. pumped about it. Pumped excited. about it on Black History Month, nonetheless. That's right. And it we is. are we're actually going to celebrate Black History Month um, a little differently. So we're we're actually going to try to do, and I say try because things happen, That's but the, our <laughs> Lord willing, we are going to try to do, uh, a, a pod, uh, episode a week. Yeah. Every week for this month, for this month. Uh, and we're just going to tackle some, some different things that are exciting. Actually, you right. know, we're going to, we're going to celebrate. Yeah. And, and I, th- I think, um, when I think of black history month mm-hmm. and what it has meant for me, as I have, on purpose, intently tried to study black history. Yeah. From what it has meant in Africa. Right. What it has meant in the United States, what it has meant for the world. Um, my life has been enriched greatly. Oh, yeah. Mine too. Um, yeah. Because the NBA right now is celebrating Black History Month, and so mm-hmm. they all have these shirts that say "Built by Black History." Mm-hmm. And most of the time, when you see a picture on on Instagram or Twitter or something, it's an African American yeah, wearing, wearing that, that shirt, shirt. Yeah. which obviously, you know, they, they are black people black in this black country history. has yeah. been built by Black History. <laughs> but one of the things that I have, as I have studied, you know, African history and church Christian church uh, history and in Africa and, and what's that, what it's meant for Europe, what it's meant for America. Yeah. I realize that I have been built by black history. Oh, absolutely. That my yeah. life, my family's life mm-hmm. and the, the beauty and goodness of it yeah. has been built by, by black history. Absolutely. And so black history month is not just something where we, we say, what has black people meant for black people? Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. What has black people meant for the world? And by built by black history, also developed. Yes. By, like you had your, your understanding, my understanding of things yeah. have been developed and, and have evolved because of black right. history and, and black influence. Yeah. And yeah. so what, what's on my heart is an encouragement to everyone listening to this podcast. Yeah. Take this month to study and to learn and to grow in your understanding of black history because it's going to enrich your life. Yeah. And go deep because it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and there's so many really things. It really is I mean, super beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's on social media. And yeah. so you've got, you know, Instagram accounts and Twitter accounts and Facebook accounts that, that you can actually go and follow that they will throw the resources at your fingertips mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. They'll, they'll give you stuff. We've done it uh, last year. We won't do it mm-hmm. this year because we're doing the pods. But last year we spent, I mean, every single day we put a different person and a little bit of the history. You can go back and look at on those. On our social media? On our social media. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's there oh, yeah. at our fingertips. And so... Take the time to study. Take the time to to learn. And as Tyler said, we're going to try over this month really recording a pod every week in the context of diversity and representation. Yeah. Which that's what the the topic is today is is racial representation, racial diversity, why it's good, why it's biblical, and why it benefits all of humanity. Right. And so 
we're going to try to give you a resource. Yeah. You know, every weekend, hopefully we're going to drop another episode oh, for, yeah. in the month. So you'll have four of them that you can yeah. um, kind of get into. We're going to talk about the arts. We're going to talk about, you know, um, you know, music and movies and television and politics. Yeah. And so you're going to get some black history as we talk about the diversity and representation at the same time. Yeah. So that's what we're attempting to do. And I'm excited because uh, we, a lot of times, you know, these, these pods episodes can get a little sad and depressing sometimes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited to yeah. celebrate. I'm excited. Yeah, it'll, to, be a, it'll be a celebration to really uh, get into that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're excited about it. And so that's kind of what today's topic where we kind of want to jump off from in order yeah. to to get into some of the details of the diversity and the representation that we see and the need for more of it. We kind of have to start from an introductory level. Yeah. Like what is racial representation? What is racial diversity? Why it is good and what the Bible has to say about it. So like we said, man, super fitting that we're jumping off this month uh, with the talk about representation because essentially that's what Black History Month is. Right. I mean, it's it's an opportunity to examine and learn from black people who historically have been overlooked mm-hmm. and, and we can highlight their accomplishments and contributions uh, of making the world what it is today. And so, again, we're super excited about that. So here's a, here's a little historical briefing on Black History Month. And we went in depth, uh, episode ten. Yeah, episode ten. Episode ten. We went in depth on. We gave Black you over History an Month. hour. We gave you an hour of content. <laughs> so go here. back. Um, and so we went in depth. So we're not doing that today, but I do want to give you kind of a, a a little summary of of what this is. And so in the early 20th century, a black man named Dr. Carter G. Woodson, highly educated grew increasingly frustrated with the racist representation Mm -hmm. and exclusion of his people. Uh, And and so he's seeing this and and he sees that, man, my people have had such a massive impact on history and they're getting credit for none of it. Right. We're, we're being seen as animalistic and, and all these other things that are, how is that going to, impact the next generation right. if they don't have people to look up to. Right, because it's impacted me. Yeah, right? Like He's absolutely. probably looking at it like it's impacted me. Absolutely. Uh, so in 1915, he joined forces with some friends, and he established the association uh, for the study of Negro life and history. And uh, from this organization, they published journals, and they'd send them off to universities mm-hmm. and different schools and organizations honoring the achievements of people of African descent. Right. And resources. So, he wanted to get resources in the hands of educators and in the hands of people, the next generation coming up, yeah. so that they would be included right. in what was happening in, in this nation and, yeah. and in the world. And all these resources were to educate. His right. focus, Absolutely. his primary focus was to educate these people. Right. Uh, a few years later, the same organization established Negro History Week. Right. Which later turned into what we know as Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Right. Because a month is better than a week. Better than a week. Even though some people would argue why we gave black people, why we had Black History Month 
Yeah, you that's know, silly. Only on the 28th. <laughs> but we'll address that. So It's the smallest of the months. Yeah. However, <laughs> if you'll go back to episode 10, yeah. you will know that it was In celebrating Lincoln's and uh, Frederick Douglass. Yeah, it was yeah. celebrating Douglass and what Lincoln did to free the slaves. Mm-hmm. So go back to episode 10 and learn your history in Black History Month. Yeah. And another silly thing is, is some, some white people, and, I, you know, it is what it is, they will say, why is it necessary? Why do we have to have a Black History Month? Isn't Black History history? And, right. And why can't we just, uh, just you know, understand history and right? Just and teach history, and, 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 and of course, Black people will be talked about. Right. What I've seen in this podcast is that's not true. Right. Because what we've discussed in this podcast, people have come to us and oh said, "I have never heard that in my oh life." Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I, I have I've never had heard that. So many people come up to mm-hmm. me and just say. The history of what you talked about, whether yeah. it's whether it's how the white evangelical church failed in race relations, right. whether it's it's what um, how the African church, you know, impacted the world mm-hmm. with the gospel, whatever it may be, I have had people come to me over and over and said, I have never heard that in my life. Me too. So the reality is, is that history is not being taught. In the, the proper perspective right. that is including everybody. Right. Lots of things are being omitted right. or they're being sugarcoated. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, so they, they ask, you know, why is that necessary? And I say, well, because it's not being taught. And if it right. was, it wouldn't be necessary. If, if we just taught history and, and really mm-hmm. went through everything, then we would talk about black people a lot. Yeah. We would talk about because they did build us. Like you said, right. that hit the black history is my history. Yes. <laughs> right. And so, um, if, if we did talk about it, we would not need a black history month, but at the same time, I'm glad that we have it because that is a time that we can really focus, hone in on, go deep. Like we talked about, mm-hmm. um, and so it's it's important because representation. It's important because right. they were not being represented, still to an extent are not being represented, and it, this is a, an opportunity to do so. And, and that's so, what that organization that Wood, Woodson, Woodson established, yeah. that, that's what it was all about. Right. It was making sure that he felt like his people were being represented properly right. and accurately right. without the characterizations of some of the ridiculousness that yeah. characterized black people. And man, I, dude, I saw, I saw, uh, in prepping for this episode, man, I saw like old comics and I saw things that mm-hmm. Woodson was probably looking at. Oh, I'm sure. And bro, they were horrific. I mean, they were, yeah. they were depictions of, of black people and, and they didn't look like people, right? They, didn't even they look looked human. like animals or they looked like, um, just this over exaggerated or weak, right? Caricatures, yeah, of what like I, these yeah. weak looking characters, and, and it's just pitch black, dark skin. Um, if I'm seeing that one, I'm heartbroken, right? Like, if, if, if those are my people and that's how my dad is being represented, that's how my yeah. family's being represented, yeah, and I see that, I'm heartbroken, but I'm also angry because. No, my dad is is powerful. He's strong. Right. He is he has done this and that and like and what that says to the white people 
Yeah. How that is spreading a mischaracterization of what right. black people are to all the white people. So you're raising up another generation yeah. coming from behind that thinks this is what black people are. And we're going to dehumanize them because that's what we see them as, right. as, as not human. Right. And so Woodson changing that yeah. narrative mm-hmm. and getting stuff out there that talked about the, I and mean, we've talked about it before, mm-hmm. even Lincoln did not believe that black people were morally or intellectually right. on par with white people. Right. He just didn't think that. Right. And so to get emancipation proclamation, but still didn't. Yeah. 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 And so to get for Woodson, to get people, to get people's hands Mm -hmm. on the achievements and the intelligent and the morality and the beauty of what black people have brought to this nation, to the world, Mm -hmm. not only encourages the next generation coming up from behind, it also changes the misrepresentation of what is being out there in the culture in general. Right. Yeah. And so, and so Woodson sees that and he says, I want this, I want my people to be celebrated because they deserve to be. Right. And, and so I'm going to create this time. And so now we fast forward to today and, and I think you and I will both agree things are getting better. Yes. I, I think things are getting better. They're not perfect, but they are better. And, uh, for those of you who don't know me personally, I have a almost four year old daughter. She turns four in February. So this mm-hmm. month. And her jam right now is uh, the movie Encanto. We don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I've probably seen this movie six times, and, and when I get Man. home, I, Dad, dude, that's ha- that's having a four year old period. <laughs> yep, Man, yep, just, yep. Again, over again. and over and over and over. <laughs> and uh, when I get home, I'll probably watch it again. Yep. Knowing her, uh, so she loves it, and, and I do too. And, yeah, it's good. Because something that's so cool about it is how diverse it is. Like, there's so much culture represented in this film. Uh, right. It's set in the mountains of Colombia, and I don't have a mm-hmm. huge Latin America, you know, background of research or like seeing how that culture works and right. stuff. But it's so beautiful, and it makes me interested yeah. in it. Um, and, and, but it has so much representation with all of the different skin tones. I mean, it's just a melting Mm -hmm. pot. The family in this movie, like they're all partying and at, at their house and they're partying and all this stuff. And you just see all the different shades and all the different cultures and and Mm -hmm. different vibes. And it's just this beautiful picture of what the new earth will be like. Right. You know what I mean? Like we're celebrating Jesus. Yeah. We're celebrating the Lord and we're all in unity and we're all diverse. Right. Nobody looks like each other. Like we all are just mm-hmm. different and we're, and so it just kind of gives me those vibes. I get goosebumps thinking about it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then I saw this, this news video and this news video is, is talking about the movie Encanto and how people are, um, like little boys and girls are, are watching this movie with their, with their mommies and daddies and, and they're seeing themselves in these movies, and they're so excited, mm-hmm. right? And the parents are pretty much in tears yeah, because they're happy their kid's being represented, and yeah. they're also saying, like, man, I didn't have that. Right. My kids are getting something that I didn't I, get. I didn't have that. I didn't yeah. have, you know, I, I, I did, personally. <laughs> right. Um, I think it's but, crazy. One of the pictures that I saw was a little girl who looked 
just like the main character. Yeah. Just like the little girl in the film. From Brazil. With, I saw her, With yeah. the glasses and everything. Yeah, yeah. And what struck me when I saw that, she's standing in front of the TV screen. So excited. And so there's the, the picture in the background of the main character, Mar- Maribel. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then this little girl standing. You kind of butchered it with yeah, the... I can't even remember. I only say it once. Um, I've listened to the music a lot, though. But then, then they had a little girl in front of in front of her who looked so much like her, and it wasn't just the skin tone. Yeah, the hair was represented. Oh yeah, and even the glasses was yeah. represented. Yeah. So here's this girl who a young girl with glasses right. who may not like the fact that she has to wear glasses. Right. But now, wait, one of the most popular shows on Disney Plus. Yeah. The main character wears glasses. That yeah. looks like me. Yeah. The hero. The, the hero. hero of the, the one story. who saves the whole story. Like, <laughs> spoiler wait, alert. She looks like me. <laughs> yeah. And and the glee on her face, right. the excitement on her face that this awesome character looks like me. That's what we're talking about with representation. Yeah. Like that, that probably will change this girl's life. Yeah. You know, and, and Absolutely. you know, for you and I, we're we're white Superman, guys. like all of them. Batman. Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Robin, Spider-Man. I mean, yeah. They were all white people. Yeah. You know, I, I love G.I. Joe. Yeah. I think there may have been one black person on G.I. Joe that I remember seeing. And, and, yeah. and all of these different characters that I had growing up right. and famous people that I had growing up, they, they looked like me. Yeah. So I could aspire to be brave mm-hmm. like Captain America right. and powerful like Superman mm-hmm. because he looks like me. Mm-hmm. And so when, when you have that mm-hmm. to always look to, you almost don't think about it when you have that. No, you, you don't, don't think about it. You don't, but if you've never had that and then all of a sudden you do have that, right. It, it changes. It's things. it's why black Panther was so oh, yeah. vitally important to the black community <laughs> yeah. because they were like, you know, not only, I mean, you had, you had blade, yeah, yeah. which I guess blade technically yeah. was a, uh, but he, a character, yeah. But even he, he was he's kind of rough around the edges. Well, I mean, like, it was Wesley Snipes, <laughs> but Chadwick Boseman, Wesley Snipes. Yeah. I mean, come on. But yeah. now you had the the largest franchise in the world. Yeah, is now the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, and we're getting Black Panther. Yeah, and it was nominated for Academy Award. And, and it was awesome. And Chadwick Boseman was, was everywhere there. Yeah. And, and so. That's why that blew up because every black dad wanted his son yeah. to see Black Panther. Hundred percent. Like, look, look, look. This yeah. he looks like you, right? You know, and, and he, his sister in the film. Mm-hmm. You know, look, look at this genius. Mm-hmm. You know, black lady who is the scientist, and yeah. that's why it's so important. Mm-hmm. Is is because the inspiration that it brings yeah. to the reality. Yeah. It's not just that it inspires, right. but it brings a true picture of reality. Um, not that, you know, Marvel's reality, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like black people are smart. Black people are strong. Black people are geniuses. Black people are moral. Black people are, mm-hmm. are the good guys. Black. And that's what I was saying about Blade. Like Blade was like an anti-hero. Yeah. He was an anti-hero a little bit. Yeah. But he was the only black character, but he was an anti-hero. Right. And so it's just to see, you know, yeah. someone like, yeah, Bozeman and it changes. Yeah. It changes everything. Yeah, and and the good thing is, is that things are changing. Yeah, I praise God that that things are improving, and I look forward to seeing more change in the coming years. Man. Yeah, absolutely. So. 
as we move to the biblical segment, because we said in the introduction that why it is biblical, diversity and yeah. representation is biblical. I, I want to say something here at the onset because I, I don't want anybody to be confused. Racial diversity and representation is not the gospel. Right. It's not on par with the gospel. Right. You, you can't set those two things up as equal. Mm-hmm. Yet. Nor are we doing that. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Yet, while the gospel of Jesus Christ and diversity and representation are not equal ideas. Diversity and representation, however, is an issue that flows from the gospel or it flows out of the fruit of, it's a fruit of the gospel. Amen. So what I'm arguing here is, is that when we preach the true gospel of Jesus Christ and we understand the impact that it has on the world. The more we understand that, the more our heart will be motivated and in tune mm-hmm. with diversity and representation. We will want diversity and representation when we understand the gospel better. Right. Now, I want to make a caveat to that. I'm not saying we can always execute it. Right. For instance, and we haven't. <laughs> no, and for instance, let's say that there is a little tiny town in the country and the population is 99% white. Mm-hmm. And there is a pastor there who loves Jesus and he loves the gospel. And, and he's ministering to a flock and, and their flock is yes, all white. Yes, just as faithful as he can be, mm-hmm. but his whole church is white. Right. He can't do anything about the demographics in his town. And we need pastors there. So I'm not saying he can make diversity happen in his community. Now, I think there are things that he might be able to do, get outside of his community. To kind of reach out. Right. But there's nothing he can do to necessarily make his church less white. Right. Nor do I think he is wrong for having a white church. But what, what I'm arguing is, as he understands the gospel, as this pastor understands the gospel more, and he grows in his understanding of the gospel and its impact on the world, he will be more and more in tune with wanting things to be diverse, wanting representation. He'll be more attuned to that. And the reason why is because that's a fruit of the gospel. It's a fruit of the gospel. Right. So, so as he understands it, so I'm not saying he's in sin because his church is white, right? right? Or he's doing something wrong because his church is white. What I'm saying is, is that his heart will have a desire for diversity and a desire for representation, even if he doesn't have the means to bring it about. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I'm arguing here. And so, This is an issue that I think the gospel speaks to, and I think that it's one we're weak in. I think it's an issue we're weak in. We've been weak in this historically. Right. And that's why we have a lot of the issues that we have. Right. And so I think it desires, it requires our attention. Mm -hmm. It requires our time. It it requires our energy and prayer. Yeah. These are, this is something that we are going to have to, when the gospel moves us to speak to this, we're going to have to spend time and attention and energy and prayer to bring this about. And, and there is a, a book that I read years ago that I, I pulled back off my shelf this week. It's called Letters to a Birmingham Jail. Mm-hmm. Now, that's different than MLK's yeah. Not letter. to be confused with letters from a right. Birmingham jail. What they did, and I, I thought it was, they, they grabbed a bunch of different authors, a diverse group of <laughs> authors, and they, they took the, the ideas in MLK's letter and they 
addressed those ideas and said, here's how the gospel could bring about these ideas. And here's why MLK was right. Mm. And here's what we need to do and how we need to do it. And it was a really, really good book. And there's a chapter in there on diversity written by Matt Chandler. And so I, I pulled it back off my shelf and I read it. And there's such, such good stuff in there. I'd encourage anybody to grab it and read the whole book. So a few of the things that I'm going to mention here, I want to make sure that I attribute to Matt Chandler, but I, but I, I want to kind of discuss what he said and kind of branch off from there and, and help us understand the diversity and the representation in the Bible and why it's biblical. And here's the first thing. The root of diversity exists in the triune God. Mm. So orthodox doctrine of God right. is the Trinity. Trinity. Yeah. It's the Trinity. It is one being, three persons. That is the... Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Right. That is the orthodox doctrine of God. It is the doctrine of the Trinity. Three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God. Now, the Orthodox view of Christianity and the Orthodox view of God and the Trinity also has the idea of relational perimeters Mm. and movement. Let me explain by that. The persons of the Trinity interpenetrate one another while remaining distinct and self-contained. I wish you guys could see his hand signals because they're, they're I, yes, actually I'm, painting the picture here. Yes, I'm, I'm using my hands to... <laughs> to, to interpenetrate. <laughs> yes, to try to explain this here, even though you can't see it. But yeah. the, the Trinity <clears throat> interpenetrates, meaning that because they're all God, there is an interpenetration of the Holy Spirit and the Son and the Father all together, mm. while at the same time they remain distinct and self-contained. So when early Greek Christians spoke of this idea of God, they meant that each divine person harbors at the center of their being the others. Mm. And they are in constant movement and acceptance and enveloping and encircling the others. Mm. So the, the Father envelops and accepts and is in constant movement and encircling with the Son and the Holy Spirit right. and vice versa with the others. So completely satisfied within themselves. Yes. Right. And so this means that if the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as three indis- you know, distinct persons mm-hmm. are working together in harmony Mm -hmm. and they are in movement with one another, acceptance of one another. They envelop one another. They encircle one another. They interpenetrate one another. This means there has to be perfect, beautiful community within the Godhead. Yeah. God is in essence relational. Yeah. And and if, if there's perfect unity within the Godhead, then we should strive for perfect unity within our diversity. Yes. Because the Godheads are diverse. Yes. And so we, Like that's a picture. The Bible constantly paints pictures for us and says, right, this is how I've designed things. Yeah. And And this is how I want it to work. And it's not just that the Godhood, the Godhead is relational, which Mm -hmm. there is, there's this perfect harmonious relationship between God, the father, God, the son, the Holy spirit. It also means because they're distinct persons, there's also diversity in the Godhead. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean diversity in, like, plan or diversity in uh, their character or their nature, nothing like that. But it does mean there is a diversity because they are distinct uh, persons. For instance, the father regards himself as I, and he speaks of the son and the spirit as you. Mm. The son speaks of himself as I. He speaks of the father and spirit as you. 
The spirit speaks of himself as I, speaks as the son and the father as you. So it tell, it's telling us that even the persons of the Trinity see themselves as diverse from themselves. The, the father is not the son. The son is not the father. You know, I've heard people pray before, you know, dear heavenly father, yeah. thank you for dying for us. Yeah. No, that's not <laughs> Wrong true. One. Yeah. Um, so luckily the Holy spirit intercedes for us. Yes. And... <laughs> but there is distinctions and there is diversity in the midst of this perfect relationship. Yeah. Now we talk about pictures. God is a distinct divine persons, yet one. Man has been created the same way. Mm -hmm. Man has been created relational because God is relational. And all of our relationships are diverse as well. When God made Eve for Adam, he did not make a mirror image of Adam. Eve didn't, Eve didn't look like Adam, mm. right? Eve, Eve didn't True. show up and, and Adam go, oh, this is exactly me. Yeah. Now, she was taken from man, right? Because they're the same being, mm -hmm. meaning they're human, right? right? They, yeah. they, the, the category of human, Adam and Eve both are. The category of God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, all, all three, three are. are. Mm -hmm. So there is the being of God, the distinctions, and the, the diversity of the persons. Adam and Eve. And there's male and female. Right. Not the same. And, and yeah. you have Adam and Eve. In their being, they're the same, right? Mm -hmm. Human being. Mm -hmm. in the, but in their essence as individual persons, they're mm -hmm. different. Yeah. One is man. One is Adam. One is woman. One is Eve. And so you get a picture right there. God intends for human beings to be like himself, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it, in what, it, what way? Relational and diverse. Yeah. Um, this can get us into a whole track of all kinds of things about sexuality and all, all other kinds oh, yeah. of things that we can go down. But, and maybe, you know, for another, yeah. maybe we'll create a new podcast just on yeah. sexuality <laughs> um, in the future. So I want us to see that because I think it's very, very important. Human beings, by their humanity, are diverse, and they share their lives with other people who are not like them. Mm. This is beautiful. Yeah. My relationship with my wife is beautiful, not because we're the same, but because we're different. Yeah, amen. I am glad that my wife is different than me. Physically. <laughs> amen. <laughs> I... I <laughs> Mentally, emotionally, yeah. it is good and beautiful for our family mm -hmm. for us to be different, mm -hmm. for us to be diverse. Well, even in roles, right? Because yeah. we were designed to have roles, and right. because we're different, we can serve in those different roles as God intended. Right. There's, so. beauty, there's beauty in that diversity. You just made a new word. Beauty. Beauty. It's beautiful <laughs> diversity together, beauty. Um, now... When sin entered into the world through Adam and Eve, mm. the harmony of those differences disappeared. Yeah. The, difference, that, the, differences di the differences didn't disappear. Right. But the harmony of those differences disappeared. Before mm -hmm. sin, those differences were celebrated. They were beautiful. They were wonderful. They were awesome. And they glorified God. Sin enters into the world. And what happens is the harmony of these differences is replaced by a self-seeking 
selfishness. Yeah. Now I want things the same. Yeah. Kind of like Tower of Babel. Yeah, when God, when God changes up their languages, they right. have to separate from one another right. because it would be too hard to stay there and work. Man. Yeah. Right? That's what, that's what yeah. this self-seeking thing happens. So now that sin rules, humans naturally seek similarities instead of differences. Yeah. And we've been programmed to think differences are bad. Mm-hmm. No, they're not. Yeah. There, there's a reason That's why. That's the way it's supposed to be. Right. There's it's a reason why I don't want way. my wife to be the same as me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sin so is why... the reason that we have the same like that, where, where it's all yes. the same. Sin Crazy. is the reason Crazy. why we crave similarity. Man. That's what I'm, that's what I'm arguing biblically. Yeah. Sin is the reason we claim similarity. It's good. And... I mean, it's bad, but it's good. Right. (laughs) Now, some people would say, well, isn't it most efficient to be the same? Isn't it it easier Mm -hmm. to work with like-minded people or people that are the same? To which you would say yes. Yeah, in most cases, that's true. In most cases, it would be more efficient Working with myself would be much easier than working with someone who's completely different with me, thinking different, you know, acts different. But not as beautiful. Oh, no. And not as productive. <laughs> Cloning myself. Yeah. Let's, let's just, we didn't talk about this when we were going through this, but let's just take clones, for instance. If I could clone 30 Neil Sandlins and I could converse with them mm-hmm. and plan with them and execute with them, the, oh, it would be so easy. Yeah. We'd all think exactly the same. Right. But if I had to then put that out there for the world to see, mm-hmm. it would not be as beautiful as if I was in a room with 30 different people planning. And, and that's because you're missing out. Yes. You're missing out on all these different perspectives, all these different cultures, all these different things. Yeah, the way the mind works. Beautiful. The, they're not wrong. They're no. not bad. They're good. They're beautiful. They're the way God designed it, and you're missing out if you're just in this echo chamber of you. Right, an echo chamber of you. And, and that is what, because of sin, that's what we crave. Yeah. That's what we, by nature, crave. Mm. But... We need to be delivered from that inward captivity. Mm-hmm. And that's what the gift of, of God and the gospel does. It delivers us from saying, I have to have everything my way, the way that I think, the way that I do things, the, the, my perspective, and, and gathering up people around me who are just like me and think just like me and come from the same background as me. Yes, it may be more efficient. It is not God's design and it is not as beautiful. And, and, People are diverse in every way, and that diversity enriches our relationships. It humbles our hearts, and it aligns us with the design of God. So when we are transfixed on similarities, we want mirror images of ourselves, but that's not the way God has made human relationships. It is in seeing others as real, diverse people that ultimately I get blessed and that blessing changes my life and it changes the reality that in which we live. And I want to point out another thing. Not only is that the initial design, that is going to be the final design. Amen. So not only was that God's design initially with Adam and Eve and then sin tore it up, the gospel comes, fixes that, and then we get to read on the new, what the new earth's going to look like. Mm-hmm. The new earth will be a celebration of our unity in our diversity. 
the new earth will be filled with people from every tribe, nation, and tongue, all diverse, but interconnected in unity. The gospel is creating a new earth that will be a celebration of representation. All the tribes and tongues and nations will be represented on the new earth. God's not, there's not going to be a majority race on the new earth that is the norm mm. and everything else is other. That's what we experience a lot here, right? Right. Oh, in, yeah. in the Absolutely. white culture mm-hmm. and, and historically in the United States, the white culture is dominant. Yeah. And there is, everything else is other than. Mm-hmm. None of that on the new earth. Right. I've always wondered how like pastors that, that really, you know, don't, I, I don't want to say this without being getting, getting in trouble and getting emails. Um, pastors that, that don't care about unity or even are hostile towards diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to like the new earth. Right. <laughs> like, and, and I would argue that most pastors or people in general that have that attitude don't have a good doctrine of the new earth. Mm. Most of the time, those people are thinking die and go up to a present heaven uh-huh. and be there yeah, forever. Yeah. yeah. Instead of saying, what's this new earth thing all about? Right. And what was, what's God's design for this new earth and what's it going to look like and how is it going to take shape? Right. It's not getting out of the physical yeah. and getting rid of, ethnicities and colors. Mm-hmm. That's not what God's going to do on the new earth. No. God is going to make it where we are diverse. Yeah. We are represented, but there is this unity that we have distinct person, mi- billions and billions of distinct people on the new earth. One being perfectly Amen. one yeah. new man. Right. Perfectly. Right. But the distinctions aren't going away. Yeah. God's not going to get rid of male and female. Yeah. He's not going to get rid of black and white and brown. And he's not getting rid of the colors. That's good. And the diversity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not getting rid of that. And so I think a lot of times people just have a really, really bad eschatology and a, a, a view of what the new earth will be. And sometimes we just stop with the present heaven as that, that kind of that's the end of all things. That's not the end of all things we're, it, it, where we're disembodied. Our spirit goes up there. Our spirit doesn't have a color. <laughs> right. So our spirit goes up. Well, God... Jesus rose from the dead to raise our bodies from the dead, and those bodies will have colors yeah. and histories and right. distinctions. Right. And he's not getting rid of that. Because everything, you know, the way you can look at it is everything will be restored the way it should have been. Right. Perfect. Yeah. Right. Like everything will be perfect right. in the way and that even it, more it was some, even designed, better. Even more so yeah. where there's no opportunity for sin. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, everything will be perfect. And so, yeah, the, the differences that were there before... Still be there. Should still be there. Yeah. Absolutely. And what they look like without sin. So it's exciting. If unity and representation was our original intent intent, and it's going to be our design in the end, then should we not as people of God and really all humanity should do this, even if they're not people of God, should they, should we not strive for it to be the reality here and now kingdom on earth, the kingdom on earth. That's good. Yeah, It, it is here. So we, we should dive headfirst yeah. into, into diversity. Yeah. We should make sure that everyone's represented yeah. the best way we possibly can. We should learn from each other. We should make sure that everyone is represented and needs are met. 
that no one is being left behind or excluded or not seen for the diverse person that they are. Mm-hmm. We should seek out to empower and equip different races and ethnicities at the highest levels yeah. in this world. Yeah. Now, because, because again, it's a fruit of the gospel. Right. Right. It's a and, fruit and, of the gospel. And I, I want to end with this because I think John Piper talks about this and I think it's really, really important. If all you care about, if you hold efficiency and competence and ease as the highest standard, then, then racial diversity won't mean anything to you. It doesn't, it doesn't matter whether we're diverse or not. Mm-hmm. All that matters is, are we efficient? Right. Um, I don't see color. Yeah. That yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus sees color. God sees color. We might want to. Um, There's a podcast on that too, guys. Yeah. And so if that is your highest standard, then diversity yeah. won't mean anything to you. But if your highest standard is what's the design of God? Yeah. What's, what's most beautiful? What is most beautiful? <laughs> mm. And should I attempt to make what is most beautiful here and now? Yeah. Should I make this garden? Yeah. look as beautiful as it should, or should yeah. I just plant roses? Yeah. Should I just plant, one, or should I have a diversity? I don't go to the Dallas Arboretum to see one kind of flower. Yeah, right. I go there to see the beauty and the diversity in all of this that has been made. Mm-hmm. That is the ultimate. Yeah. Wouldn't it be easier just to order a bunch of one flower and plant them at the Dallas Arboretum? You only got to take care of them one way. You only got to mm-hmm. water them one way. They only need some, one, this certain kind of sun. That would be the easiest thing, but it wouldn't look as beautiful. No. Yeah. Planting all the different flowers and having to take care of them differently yeah. gives the beauty. And we talked about that a little bit with the interracial. I keep going back to old episodes. Yeah. I feel well, like it's I'm all plugging our own yeah. podcast, but... But uh, we talked about that with the interracial couples because it is so much easier to date within your race. Right. And, and that's what a lot Don't of people would say. Don't date someone of another color because it's hard. I would never, you know, date because of that. And it's not because I hate them. It's because they just have to go through so much and right. they have to. And it's like, that's never what we're called to. No. We're never called that's to That's not a biblical as, as virtue. Christians. We're not called to easiness and, and uh, no. what's the word? Uh, convenience, convenience. Yeah, that's not a biblical virtue. Yep. Um, and nor, nor is it here. Yeah. But if we, and so if we have that high view of, of humanity's design, if we desire to experience the display of God's beauty and creation in the largest way possible, it, it, if we believe the new creation is going to be diverse and that is what our ultimate looks like, then considering race and ethnicity will matter. Mm-hmm. We will want to do it. Yeah. We, we, will, we, don't, we won't want everything to just look like me. Mm. We will want diversity as much as we can possibly make it. So I think the question that we need to ask ourselves, that I need to ask myself, you need to ask yourself, everyone listening to this podcast needs to ask himself is, what is our highest calling? What is the highest design or standard we've been called to? Is it just efficiency? Is that what we're called to? What is convenient? What can get the job done the the fastest and easiest? Or what gets the job done the most beautiful way? Mm -hmm. What what lines itself up with God's design? What is the the most God-honoring thing we can pursue? And we're we're arguing in this podcast that it is diversity and representation. And so if that is the highest that we've been called to, then we should certainly want that in America. 
We want that on our television screens and in our movies and in politics and in our churches and in our family relationships. That's what we want. And that's what we pursue. And if we answer that question, what is the, the highest standard in design? If we answer that question, that will then tell us how we need to consider diversity and representation. If we say convenience and efficiency is all that matters, okay, well then you're not going to seek diversity and representation appropriately. And I would say unbiblically. Amen. And so what we want to do is we want to answer that question based upon the totality of scripture, Mm -hmm. right? Sola scripture, the totality of scripture. What does God say about this? And then we say, okay, that's the design. Now let's push toward that. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, believe the gospel and let the gospel change our lives and let the fruit of the gospel be diversity and representation. Wait.